Dino is a runtime for JavaScript applications. Dino is written in Rust, which changes the security properties of it relative to Node. Parts of Dino are also written in TypeScript, which are causing problems in the compilation and organization path of Dino. Elio Rivero is an engineer who has studied Dino and TypeScript, and he joins the show to talk about the newer JavaScript runtime and the issues caused by TypeScript. Elio, welcome to the show. Hi, Jeffrey. Thanks for having me. We're talking about a variety of topics in JavaScript land today. Let's start with just Node and a little bit of backstory. Why has Node.js been so successful? I think Node.js has been very successful because of it was already written in JavaScript, which is a very flexible language. And we have seen JavaScript applied everywhere. Even the, the SpaceX consoles had some JavaScript. And so there was no language barrier. So you could immediately access a Node and start working with it. I think that's part of the success. The other part uh, might be the V8 engine that made it uh, super fast and very reliable. What are the problems with Node? Some of the problems with Node, maybe I get where you're going. We're going to end up talking about uh, Dino. So one of the issues of Node that wasn't an issue back then, but it is now. Uh, Node is, uh, is quite outdated now. For example, back when Node was created, there were no promises, which we have now, for example. So Node was successful for its time. And it had some other issues, like when you imported a module, that decision of leaving out the file extension made it quite uh, troublesome to figure out if you were importing from a module or on a specific file or a directory, I mean, or a specific file. Those things uh, were uh, a bit uh, awkward or confusing, maybe. What language is Node written in? Node is written on, on JavaScript. And what are the security issues that emerge from that usage of JavaScript and how it's written? Well, that was um, basically a, a decision of not uh, setting some security measures to access the local computer, right? That was changed in Dino, where the accessing the, the network or the file system, it's safe by default. You have to specify some flags so your script can access the file system network or whatever. Well, I suppose it's appropriate to start talking about Dino. What is Dino? Dino is the new runtime created by, by Ryan Dahl, the original creator of uh, Node.js. And it builds up on all uh, his experience on, on what was uh, successful and what was not successful on, on Node. There is uh, some uh, confusion about the, the pronunciation, but uh, on the... Um, TSConf 2019, Ryan Dahl uh, clarified that the name, that the official name was uh, pronounced Dino. So Dino, to start with, is built on Rust. It was originally written on Go, but then it was rewritten from scratch on Rust to make it more safe and also to avoid a double uh, garbage collection. It's also written in TypeScript. You can run a native TypeScript code in Dino. It's also built on top of the V8 uh, engine, the JavaScript engine. And unlike a node that uses, uh, I think it was, uh, oh, I forgot what, what was node using for the event loop. Dino is using Tokyo for the event loop. Some of the features of uh, Dino is that it's a, a single runtime 
and it's distributed as a single runtime. The execution is always safe, like we were mentioning, uh, unlike uh, nodes, you need to provide specific access. And it has a, a certain, uh, a lot of flags to specify read access, write access, network access, whether you want it to access the environment, uh, the environment variables, if you want it to measure execution time, if, you, if Dino can run sub-processes, and if also if you want to execute any Dino plugin. There's also a flag that allows all others, but you should better use the flags that you are for the, for the permissions that you will be actually using. The other difference with Node is that Node uses the CommonJS uh, module import, but Dino uses the ES module import uh, syntax. That's quite a bit of difference because Dino also references a file complete with the file extension. So you always know where you are importing from your modules, either a JS file, a TS file. It's always very, very certain. And right next to this uh, module importing, you have the fact that unlike a node that could only import uh, modules, for example, you, you, you could imp import modules from locally, but you usually import modules from uh, NPM. But Dino, you can import modules using a URL in, on the internet. So you can just upload a, a module to GitHub and just import it from there, and it will, it will work. That means that you no longer are attached to NPM or any other package registry system. You can freely import from uh, anywhere. Of course, that also means that you don't have a, a node modules folder anymore in your project. When, when you import files, Dino catches the, the, the file locally, the, the package, uh, the modules locally, and you can reference them by a version, which is a tag in the repository. Have you spent well, much time using Dino yourself? I have been thinking with it a lot. I built some common line utilities, mostly inspired by Embers. You know that the Ember JS framework has a CLI tool, so you can quickly generate uh, components or roots. And we don't have a, a specific one for React, which is the the, li the library I use uh, the most. So I, I made a tool on Dino, for example, to sh quickly generate files, uh, folders, and files for uh, whenever I wanted to create a new component. I could invoke this tool and it will create the JavaScript file for the component. It will create a SAS style sheet and a test file for Jest. That kind of things is very easy to do with Dino. And it's very safe too because you are using the TypeScript, which is another advantage of Dino over Nose, that Dino has a native compiler that understands TypeScript. So you can very straightforwardly write TypeScript and execute it on Dino. You don't need to set up anything, just feed a, a TypeScript file and Dino will understand it. That's another advantage. And also, if Dino has a native support of WebAssembly, you can read a file using one of the, the file input-output uh, functions in Dino. You can just read a, a WebAssembly file and invoke a couple of constructors in, in Dino, WebAssembly.module and WebAssembly.instance, your WebAssembly file is ready to work. 
So that means that you can write, for example, code in Rust and use a tool to transpile this into WebAssembly. You also need a, an interop file to, so Dino can understand, for example, if you're using U64 integers in Rust, those have to be big int on Dino, and you need a, an intermediate uh, JS file to make this uh, conversion. But it's totally possible to write uh, code in Rust and compile it to WebAssembly and load it with Dino. One library I, I use for that is uh, called SSB MUP. MUP it does everything for you and creates the, the WebAssembly file and the interop file so you can load it with Dino. So are major organizations actually using Dino or is it still like kind of universally experimental at this point? I haven't seen any big organization, to be honest. I have yet to see one. I guess the dependency on Node is, Node is too established by now. Uh, you can have... Any kind of stuff like from from server stuff. I mean, the most basic Express to more complicated stuff like a library to code for Lego Boost or whatever. And we have yet to see those kinds of integrations on Dino. So no, to be honest, I haven't seen big organizations. I assume that a lot of organizations might be experimenting with Dino, but I don't know to be sure. Do you see it as a de facto replacement for Node eventually? Like, is this an inevitability or is it an alternative ecosystem? I think for the time being, they're going to be living together. I think there is a place for Dino. Development is so much faster with Dino. You don't need to deal with all the, no the Node modules and all that. And you get TypeScript uh, out of the box. So in, in every way, Dino is... Uh, a very modern approach to writing uh, JavaScript tools, but I don't see Node.js going uh, anytime soon. Are you a contributor to Dino yourself? No, not really. So the security principles we mentioned earlier, the security principles of Node, do you see those as improved in Dino? Are the, are the security principles patched up? Yeah, those are where the, the flags that I mentioned the, earlier. For example, you have this flag, allow read, that will allow uh, unrestricted reading to the file system. But you can use the flag and pass a parameter like slash temp, and you'll be only be able to read that directory. You can also, the write, allow write flag has something similar. If you want to allow read or write to different directories, you can separate them with a comma. There are others like this. For example, the allow net, it's a flag so your program can access the network. And you can restrict that to a single domain on the, on the internet, like google.com, I, I don't know. But if you don't specify that parameter, you can allow unrestricted access to the network. How does the import process for Dino compare to that of Node? The import process in Dino is in many ways superior to Node.js because for it to start with, we are using S-modules, the, the modern approach to importing modules in JavaScript. And the difference with um, Node.js, which by the way, you know, it was using the common JS, the required approach. But in Dino, when you use the S-modules import, you can specify the, the file extension. So you don't, uh, you don't import from uh, slash functions.ts 
and you know specifically where you are importing from. Because one one confusion in, in Node.js was that since it didn't, it didn't uh, enforce the file extension, it was confusing whether you were importing from a file or a directory that was referencing the an index.js file. But in Dino, you always know where you are importing from. That's especially true and useful in the case where, where you import a module from the internet. Like you have, for example, this Dino land, which is not a repository, it's more like, like a forward, but you can reference the, the entire URL and end with the file extension. For example, there's a package called ensure underscore dear that checks that a directory exists. You can reference it with the uh, .ts extension. So it's always uh, very sure and safe where you are importing from. Thanks for that detailed summary. Well, can you describe the event loop of Dino? I know it's built on on Tokyo, but no, to be honest, I uh, Tokyo I is don't like the, Tokyo is like the networking or event stack for Rust. Yes, Tokyo is the event loop for Rust. Okay. You mentioned earlier Node was written in, in JavaScript. Are you sure? I thought Node was written in C++. Yeah, Node is written on, on C++ and JavaScript, yeah. Oh, C++ and JavaScript. Okay, cool. Well, let's get to the point. How does TypeScript fit into Dino? Uh, well, TypeScript fit into Dino has a more safe uh, way to write uh, programs, a way to make things more certain and uh, expected. So you know that when you write with TypeScript, you are forced to type everything, so you always know what you're getting. So that kind of fail-proof typing is extremely useful for large JavaScript software. We recently had to write something that was critical, involved money, and we went with TypeScript approach to make things super stable and predictable. I like that, that word predictable. When in TypeScript, you always know what you are getting into. The thing is that Dino can work with TypeScript natively. You can feed a TypeScript file and Dino will parse it just like any other JavaScript file. It, Dino doesn't care about the, whether it's TypeScript or JavaScript. So the thing is that there are some uh, issues that the Dino team f- uh, found with uh, TypeScript because they were using TypeScript for the Dino core and also for the user-facing API, the code. But they were finding that the compiling the TypeScript code was taking a, a long time, and it was increasingly getting longer and longer. But another issue they, they found most important was that they didn't found that TypeScript was helping them organizing the code, because I, one of the issues I mentioned is that they ended up with two body classes in separate uh, locations. Also, they were maintaining like two TypeScript compiler hosts, one for the Dino code, the, the core, and another for the external user code. But both of them had a, a similar purpose and, and goal. In the end, they decided to go back just plain JavaScript for the core. They will still uh, retain, the user code will still be type-checked, will still run uh, through the TypeScript compiler but they ended up working with JavaScript only for the Dino core. And how does the TypeScript support within Dino compare to that of Node? Well, as mentioned, you can write native Dino, uh, native uh, TypeScript and just uh, load it on, on Dino. 
you can get all the definition of the types in, in Dino, writing, for example, Dino space types. You don't need to set up any, anything for Dino to understand TypeScript. You just write your program. It doesn't need any compilation. Dino will uh, just run your TypeScript file. Wow, that's interesting. How is that possible? How can you run TypeScript without first compiling it down? Well, the, the, well the compiler is already integrated on Dino. Oh, interesting. So, so it's happening. It's just you. You don't ever have to have the yeah the yeah. output of the JavaScript file from TypeScript. Exactly. Interesting. Why is that even useful? Why does that matter? I guess one way of looking at it is it's kind of like it treats it treats JavaScript code the way that uh, Java treats the JavaScript bytecode or the Java bytecode. Like it's a compilation artifact. You don't even need to expose it to anybody. I don't quite understand the question. Uh, it's not a question. I was just saying, like, I'm trying to understand how the fact that there's no JavaScript artifact from the Dino compiler when you're compiling TypeScript, like, why that's why that is a notable comparison to the Node ecosystem. Well, just having TypeScript on running on Dino has all the the the, the benefits of TypeScript itself. Plus, you don't need to set up anything to uh, to make it work. So, also, you can write. JavaScript code and TypeScript code uh, side by side on, on a single Dino project. It's not that your project has to either use TypeScript or JavaScript. You can mix both languages in on a Dino project, and Dino will just uh, compile then the TypeScript and use it uh, when you import it in another module. But uh, you're free to use that. I think that lowers the barrier, the entry barrier, to start working with Dino because if you if Dino had forced or enforced TypeScript, it would have been much different than just being able to use JavaScript and whenever you're ready to make the jump, start using TypeScript. So in a way, it retained a low entry barrier of Node.js, except that you can like eventually upgrade, let's say, to start using TypeScript on, on your projects. Okay, that's a lot of clarification. Thank you. But what are the problems with TypeScript within Dino? Why did you uh, write this article? There was a document they published, the Dino core team, mentioning these unfavorable situations they were finding, specifically that the TypeScript compile time when changing files was taking uh, several minutes. We're used to things compile very fast and even when it takes uh, a few seconds, I, I start getting anxious. So I can imagine that they specifically mentioned that it took several minutes. I can't uh, imagine how long that will be, but uh, it already makes me more anxious. Also, that the TypeScript structure that they were using on source files, it was creating some runtime uh, performance problems. Another reason was that the internal code and the runtime uh, TypeScript the definitions had to be manually kept in sync because the TypeScript uh, compiler, they weren't able to use it to generate the, the definition uh, files for TypeScript. And I already mentioned before that they were maintaining two TypeScript uh, compilers, one for the core uh, of Dino and another for external user code. And yeah, so those are the, the main issues uh, that they, they stated as the reason to start using just JavaScript on on the Dino core 
I think that might have been very successful because you no longer have the long compile times of TypeScript. You're just using uh, JavaScript. So that should have solved uh, a bunch of these issues like the long compilation time, maintaining the, the two compilers. They are still uh, keeping the the compiler that uh, compiles the user code, but no longer the, the other one for the core code. And they no longer have to maintain the definitions, the D, DTS files. So I think it's a, there are a lot of improvements in, in several areas for performance and coding experience. Why is compile time uh, such an issue? I don't know. Maybe because uh, time is money. We all want the things to compile as fast as possible. Well, how else has TypeScript been counterproductive to Dino? Well, supposedly um, TypeScript helps you define, for example, uh, interfaces, your types, and those are meant to be unique throughout your application. But they ended up with uh, different classes in different locations, and the compiler never detected that. The compiler just assumed it was, it was okay because everything was typed. That was counterproductive because they were duplicating the work on these two classes. And what is required to remove TypeScript from Dino? I assume that the, the first step they took was to remove the, the TypeScript compiler, stop using it for compile the, the code, and migrate the, the files to plain uh, JavaScript. Yeah, those should be all that's needed. And so the, the end result is just that Dino no longer compiles TypeScript files? Yeah, for the user, uh, it's the same experience. You can continue using your TypeScript files, but the core of Dino is written now in just JavaScript. Gotcha. The core of Dino is written in JavaScript, or the core of Dino only compiles JavaScript files, or only executes JavaScript files? Yeah, the Dino runtime is uh, using Rust and JavaScript now. It's not that it's compiled inside Dino. I mean, because JavaScript doesn't need compilation for... Uh, or sorry, execution. So, yeah, execution. Right, okay. So now, t to summarize, basically what we've been talking about is that TypeScript compilation was too slow for Dino, and therefore they removed the ability to compile TypeScript in Dino, or to, to compile these uh, TypeScript files, or these files that had TypeScript and JavaScript in them, and now you just have to execute raw JavaScript on Dino. No, no, no. Let's make it clear that the, you can continue executing your TypeScript files. They, the core of Dino is no longer written on, on TypeScript. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Right, right, right. Oh, sorry, I misspoke. Right, okay. So, <laughs> so the, the core Dino maintainers are no longer using TypeScript. Yeah, that's, that's correct. Right, that's what I should have said. Okay. So let's talk about Dino in the abstract. How do you predict Dino affecting web development in the long run? I think we'll be seeing more like C CLI tools that are traditionally written, uh, I don't know, with Python or with .js currently. And I think we'll see a lot more of these CLI tools. Dino has a, a lot of uh, tools to uh, help this process. Like you have, for example, you can write uh, tests and run them uh, with Dino 
with uh, and you don't need any external framework you don't need like mocha or or jest there's actually a, a simple command dino test where you can run all your the tests you have this other command for example uh, fmt that will format all your files to the standard specified by by dino you have uh, another command for example it's called bundle that will uh, create a bundle with all your all the files that you have and will create a single one with the with a result and also you can for example there's another command called install and you can reference a module from the internet and you can install it locally and you can run it like any other shell tool so the amount of tools that all these tools are in a url called dino.land slash manual slash tools but the amount of tools that uh, Dino has uh, specifically for this uh, gives us a good idea that that maybe Dino was uh, thought to be was built to to create uh, with the intention of creating these CLI tools. What about the WebAssembly side of things? Do you have any predictions for how Dino supporting WebAssembly will improve the web ecosystem? Well, the WebAssembly will you know that runs on almost native speed. So having code written, like for example, in Rust and compile it to WebAssembly that runs uh, at that speed is, is fantastic. I think that what really benefits from the speed of WebAssembly are video games, for example. I think we'll be seeing more and more amazing experiences regarding video games played right in the browser. And with Dino, that gives Dino an incredible execution performance is being able to go through huge amounts of data at native speeds that will be amazing and will give Dino an edge of over Node.js for example. What else excites you about the future of web development? Well, what excites me a lot is uh, this uh, WebAssembly for sure. I think that between Rust and WebAssembly on the web and Dino on the back end those are kind of like the the future of the open web development because that's important, right? That these languages and and Dino are open. They don't belong to a, a single company, even though Rust and WebAssembly are heavily backed by Mozilla, but uh, they are open, um, free for everybody to contribute to and work with. So this this. Rust, WebAssembly, and Dino are probably going to be the future of the, of the open web. Well, that sounds like a great place to close off. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Elio. Thank you, Jeffrey. Thank you for having me.